Well, greetings everyone. Welcome to episode 41 of Musical Connections. Zach Snow here once again, and we got another great episode of the podcast lined up for you for this week. On Next to Connect, we're chatting with musician, entrepreneur, and marketing expert, Donnie Cody. We're going to talk to him all about his group, Eras, plus his upbringing in music through bands like Stereotype, and just overall his work through uh, platforms like the George Street Association and Music NL. We're going to talk to him on Next to Connect all about that right after this week's newfound releases. And we're going to start out with a brand new group called In The Rough. They consist of Nick Decker and Emily Barber. And here's their brand new tune right now. This is my pain on newfound releases. pain here on newfound releases and now we go to trad legends of this province shanaganuck they're going to be celebrating 30 years as a band coming up next year and we will be having them on the podcast when that gets closer right now from their upcoming album set to come out next year in the spring here's shanaganuck with live till i die on newfound releases i'm gonna live until i die I'm not the type to hang my head and cry I may drink a couple of beer I might get a little high I'm gonna live until I die Wasn't long after I was born That I first had red meat And chicken wings and greasy things Were such a weak retreat But now I'm told the food not the best for me Guess we'll have to wait it out and see I'm gonna live until I die I'm not the type to hang my head and cry I may drink a couple of beers I might get a little high I'm gonna live until I die 
say it's not the proper way I'll hide away and do my thing My solitude I'll keep I can only have two pairs of leaves I'm gonna live until I die I'm not the type to hang my head and cry I may drink a couple of beers I might get a little high I'm gonna live until I die Don't get me wrong, I know the smoke's no good It's probably time to give them up Yes, I probably should Price it keeps on climbing It's almost at the max Guess we pay our way with all that tax I'm gonna live until I die I'm not the type to hang my head and cry I may drink a couple of beer I might get a little high I'm gonna live until I die This I plainly see But remember it's the government That provides it all to me It's probably true what they recommend and say But it's my own life and I live it my own way I haven't got the palate for just water and green salad So I'm gonna live until I die I'm gonna live until I die I'm not the type to hang my head and cry I may drink a couple of beers I might get a little high I'm gonna live until I die I'm gonna live until I die I'm not the type to hang my head and cry Shannon Canuck, Live Till I Die on newfound releases. And we wrap up this week's batch of releases with Tyler Hart. He is a singer-songwriter originally from Little Horwood, but lives now in Gander. And from what I've heard from Dave Fitzpatrick, a lot of stock's being put into this guy, so better watch out for him over the next couple of months. Right now, here's this brand new tune. This is Baby Blue on newfound releases.
up this week's batch of newfound releases if you have any newfound releases coming up make sure to include the song in waiver mp3 form some press photos and a little bio and production credits to musical connections nl at gmail.com Alrighty, let's get to this week's next to connect and we are connecting with the man the myth the legend donnie cody we're gonna talk to him all about era's brand new ep called astral projections talk about how the two met in the first place plus his upbringing in music through bands like stereotype plus we talk about his involvement with his own company dc design house music nl and the george street association all that and more next to connect with musician marketing expert and entrepreneur donnie cody all righty welcome back to musical connections I'm Zach Snow, and joining me right now is one half of the group, Eras. They released their most recent album, Astral Projections, uh, last month. And um, he is no stranger to the Newfoundland and Labrador scene in general, being a marketing and communications force. But his first love is music. And he uh, came up with the band Stereotype in the mid-2000s. And now with his uh, bandmate, Rich Sepka, they have now put out two albums under the band name Eras and this second one is said to be uh, their best one yet. So joining me right now to talk all about that is the one half of Eras and just an overall marketing communications forest and overall rad dude, my man, Donnie Cody. Donnie, welcome to Musical Connections, man. What is going on? Thank you so much. I've been seeing these episodes um, out there in the wild, you talking about them on social media and hearing some, and I'm like, oh yeah, this guy is interested in what goes on, that's for sure. And that's just like myself. So it's cool that we're hanging out. <laughs> I mean, you got the old version of you and then the young version of you. So maybe uh, all I need is just like a mustache and a good mullet and I'll be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this mullet's got to go. That's a whole other story. You look sick with that, man. I got to tell you. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. But it's my dystopian moment, you know, like uh, when I couldn't get my hair cut, it just sort of happened. And then I kept it out of spite or something. And then next thing you know, everyone has mullets. And I'm like, oh, well, thank God I was in on that one and now i'm just like oh yeah no i, I need to move on from this but, but uh whatever and yeah. then a week goes by then a month goes by and i'm like oh i haven't thought about it so who cares <laughs> <laughs> what kind of barber do you take man like uh mine is 1949 and uh in the village oh that's awesome they're wicked and they have wicked hype oh yeah um, to me i go to first choice and i will walk in unannounced and say hey um, who has 15 minutes, but I have some real good girls over there that I typically see when I go there, uh, nice. April and Sarah, they go back and forth, hooking me up and they've been working together for a long time too. So whatever, love them and love first choice. And I, I have a bunch of barber friends and stylist friends, but I don't plan anything related to self-care outside the gym. I don't plan anything. And so I will be like, Oh shoot. I haven't got my haircut in eight weeks. I need to figure that out and I'll just drive around until I see a place that's open. That's how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you're in pretty great shape, man. I mean, I need to teach me your ways oh about, you know, getting jacked like yourself. You're hilarious. And <laughs> I, I don't know about any of what you just said, but I will say that I do love my morning workouts and, and i'm not trying to say that i like i crush it but it's just time in the morning early 6 a.m for me to just be with myself before the day takes 
meetings and communications and deadlines yeah. and all the fun things, you know, it's just, it's my only time of the day that I really feel, um, myself. Yeah. It's your happy place. It really is. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, the, the world is my happy place. This little city is my happy place, but yes, <laughs> I find peace, um, there for sure. Wonderful. And uh, you've really made your name here in St. John's, of course, with your company, DC Design House. You've been involved with the George Street Association, Music NL, and you also have this group, Eras, which has been on the go now for, uh, I'm going to say, uh, to my recollection, about three or four years or so when it comes to the albums, but you can correct me on that uh, once this interview gets deeper in. So, But oh, yeah. I, thanks again for coming on uh, the podcast, and let's just get right out of the way here. Um, how are things in your world right now, uh, DC? Things are great. They're in full swing. <laughs> um they're in flow uh there's many things I, I i always call my life an airport you know there's a bunch of planes taking off and landing oh, at wow. all different times some are big ones and some are small ones and some got a lot riding on them and some are just light fun little bops and so <laughs> that's the life i live you know that's wonderful, man. And uh, for as long as I've known you, I've known you to be like a marketing communications dynamo. Of course, DC Design oh House God. is your baby. And of course, uh, George Street Association, you've been the marketing communications manager there. Um, just last month, you concluded a very amazing George Street Festival. I was down there for the Alan Doyle and the Kitchen Party Nights, and both of them were amazing. And yeah. it was packed as usual. So um, congratulations yeah, on that. Oh, listen, you know, it, it takes a village to make that all that happen. That's for sure. And, and personal company wise and George Street related things. Um, no one goes anywhere alone and no one gets any distance alone. And I would not have the company I have um, 13 years in without an unbelievable number of people that were on the team over the years. And many of them have gone on to start their own companies and they're thriving and I'm so proud of them all. And it's just so amazing, you know? So that's the work front. And yes, George Street, whoa. I mean, the number of people that it takes to push off a festival like that is a seven night festival, you know, on our like most historic street, it's crazy. And what I've yeah. learned in working with the George Street Association is endless. Um, they have a lot going on on that famous little street on a member level on a festival level and in terms of the number of folks i hear from every day from around the world who are planning on coming to this little street it's been quite a wow moment for me i'll tell you that man <laughs> absolutely uh of course your first love is music and um i want to go back to that um of course i've known you to be you know a marketing and communications dynamo but um what got you into music man well, i always was and uh I grew up in Logie Bay, which was the end of a dirt road when I was a kid. Oh, wow. It's not the East End, it's not the East end that it is now. It was its own little town. That's for sure. Nice. And, you know, growing up in the woods like that um, was amazing in so many ways. And so, but I was always singing and having a laugh and acting and all the things, you know. But growing up in a small little town, <laughs> those activities are... Uh, <laughs> in short supply of opportunity, but I made the most. Mom and dad were so wicked. They put me in classical guitar lessons. And then oh, next wow. thing you know, I'm playing acoustic guitar, then electric guitar. And, and that was my childhood uh, was playing classical guitar in competitions. Um, the Malaganya and all these like classical, oh, wow. you know, compositions. Yeah. Cause I was a quiet kid in a lot of ways, uh, unless there was art involved. It was the lube, I guess it was the, you know, it was the grease of the wheel that made me turn actually. Like I wasn't a strong student. I was on Mars in my own creative mind, laying in the tall grass, making up songs. You know what I mean? That's my, that was my life. Um, and drawing pictures always. And so it's so amazing full circle that that's what I do now. That's insane. You know, I, I, mean, I write and I draw and I, I, that's what I do now. It's what I've always done. So anyway, yeah, growing up like that, loving music and was supported in that way, but there wasn't any opportunities out there really as a kid. So I started sneaking into bars on George street to do open mic nights oh, wow. when I was like 17 years old and 16 years old, you know, and 18 and would win them all and and be like, oh my God, I just got my my prize for winning first prize or first place was a $50 bar tab, but I can't drink, you know what I mean? <laughs> Things like that. Um, but then as soon as I um, became of age, I did start playing 
more and writing more and recording on these like old systems that are hilarious if you look at them today mm -hmm. just to record you know just like what do i sound like you know like it wasn't yeah, like it is yeah. today it wasn't i'm 45 like so when i was growing up it was like you know the late 80s early 90s where it was very much analog youth not digital wow right? anyway zooming out got into a band at 22 um and it was two bands actually maximum 80 were a super popular touring band in the province that played more like uh bon jovi and, and rock okay and classic rock okay and then there was another band called Margarita's Calling, and they played funk and jazz and pop Jamiroquai-esque. So anyway, those two bands, I was in Clarenville doing my multimedia, learning how to be a web developer, because that's what I, I was one of my first, like, you know, programmatic things I was doing. I did became a web developer. So I came back into town and was asked to join this band. Um, and this other girl named Marianne, who ended up marrying, long story, she ended up becoming the lead singer of this band. And then the mem former members of each of those two bands I had mentioned, we all got together and called ourselves Pumped. And we hit the downtown scene like a ton of bricks because we were all like in that era of being like 2021 with the thick groups of people all throbbing out. It was before <laughs> DJ culture even existed. Wow. It was only bands on George Street. Every bar, every night, bands playing. Um, downtown is very different now than it used to be. Now, I love how it is today. Uh, EDM culture and dance music and all this, but I also loved it then too. So I, I got to experience both of those. And so, yeah, and downtown on George street was all live bands all night long, every wow. night. And you could make your living playing on George street quite literally um, in the band context, because every bar was looking for bands to play every night of the week, mm -hmm. very different than it is now. And that's fine. That's but the crazy. point is that um, I started playing in that band. And of course we basically moved downtown and sure enough, I did move downtown because Above the Republic on Duckworth Street, there used to be well, where the Rock House bar is now. Yeah. But the Duck Duckworth Street entrance. Above that was this weird old apartment that me and my bandmates and other friends from other bands all lived in. No way. So, so yeah. So anyway, bottom line, pumped. Uh, Marianne moved away. Pumped became stereotype, and boom, it began for us. We had an album put out that year award nominations we became the bud light true music band from newfoundland we got that's to tour around with other Canadian bands we were on the cd that came out in all the beer boxes that summer we played red cliff up in salmon fest there's a bunch of cool wow. members and you know and performances so we were really like doing our thing yeah and we all lived above the saddle shop next to the republic in when so we would play george street festival we'd open up and then sam roberts band would go on after us and then we would just walk across the street to our apartment, climb out onto the roof and watch them play. So it was a very surreal, fun oh my God. memory. Yeah, I, I've talked too much about it, but Stereotype to me um, was just the best time. We were together for nine years. We put out two albums, um, a couple of different members. Chris Kirby was in the second incarnation. No he became one of my best buds. We've collaborated on so many things ever since. Um, I directed his award-winning music video, um, Leave of Absence um he's amazing love him so much so anyway yes stereotype brought me so many gifts and really helped me hone my reality as a songwriter and we had like east coast countdown hits and radio songs and all the things that you ever want when you are envisioning what would music be like and could i be successful well, like yeah, those yeah. are all the boxes I set out the and i'm so it. proud of all those things you know yeah can you make a living out of it well yeah, well, yes, my God, of course. It's very different now, again, for 18 reasons, which we all know. But point is, bottom line, stereotype, loved it, thankful for it, um, great memories and friends I still see to this day. He'll come up and be like, I got your CD and all this fun stuff, you know? That's wicked, man. Yeah, yeah stereotype. I have a lot of love. And Armando Fowlo, uh, Mark Marshall, Brad Morgan, and then in the first incarnation, Brad Wheeler and Mike Dowding, and just wicked friends and deadly memories. Yeah, of course, Chris Kirby now has become a big-name producer. He lives down in Nova Scotia. Yeah. He's produced uh, albums for, uh, of course, himself and uh, most notably, quote, The Raven, who uh, won an ECMA this uh, past year or so. And, uh, quote, The Raven have gone to do great things with Chris Kirby's uh, guidance and producing chops. Armando Fallow is now a member of Justin Fancy's band, who, of course, uh, Justin oh, is know. killing it lately. And um, Armando seemed Justin. to really fit in like a glove. Yeah, no, everyone in everyone I listed is killing it in their ways. 
Um, and I'm just, we're all a big group. We're all a big, like bunch of friends who are all supporting each other and, and watching each other do their thing. Music for me was great stereotype. I loved it. And then I ended up, um, stopping playing in the band. I started my business and it just ate my life in all the ways you'd expect a new business to do. And so music was a bit dormant in my life for a few years. And then, um, all of a sudden I was asked to start singing for 709, which is our province's biggest party touring band. They're a nine man band, full horn section with like the best musicians in the province. And I was yeah. like, really? I was like, oh my God. So how, so, long I did. Were you, so how long were you involved in that? Four years. Wow. And we played 20 odd shows a year. Jesus. So, and well, sometimes 30. And we would go across the province, up the Labrador, they'd fly us up. And it was such an experience because nine of us were like obviously the best of friends because we spent at least every Saturday night together. Oh, yeah. Because there was a conference or a wedding. We never played like downtown downtown bar shows. It was all pre-sold big conferences or big fancy weddings. That's because crazy. the price point for us, we were so tight. And so um, many of us and all the things we had our own audio visual. Like we had our own sound man on the floor whose job it was to mix us all over the room. Like it was a next level, a musical business. Uh, John Drover um, is the one who started it with Colin Bruce Lockhart, another amazing musician, Nicole Hand, saxophone queen, Susan Evoy, likewise, Chris Harnett as well. Um, and uh, Shannon Drover on the bass and, and Johnny Lane, God rest his soul, was one of our most seasoned favorite drummers in the city. And he passed away about three years ago, very suddenly. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So this moment, respect Johnny Lane, who we all know and love. Yeah. Uh, God rest his soul. Anyway, 709 was amazing. Loved it. Four years, hardcore playing, singing so flat out. And Era's was happening since 2013, actually, to get back to your earlier question. Okay, we cool. So you've been on it for a decade. Well, yeah, it's crazy. Like we, Rich and I have such... A hilariously wild, amazing, rare um, relationship. We met in 2013. We recorded a song basically the day we met. Um, and very different, Rich and I are in so many ways uh, in terms of musical uh, lean. He's very from like epic opus, uh, dark side of the moon, Radiohead energies. And I'm like pop Motown rock, you know, very that way, hook heavy, love the melodies and the catchy things. Like, oh, I yeah. love that, right? Um, and so both of us together, we bring our, you know, our varied tastes and then we meld it together in a way that comes out the other side with the sound that we love. And so we've recorded an RPM album, which as you may know, is how to record an album in 30 days. Oh yeah. Uh, in February it happens every year. It's insane. Um, and we were like, let's do it. And we did. And then we took those tracks and put them aside because that journey for me was, whoa. And the business was so crazy at that time as well. Yeah. So much going on. The months went by. Mm -hmm. Rich moved away for work and all of this. Anyway, Rich contacts me in like, I, I probably saw him like a couple of times, you know, he'd come back for like a week or family or God knows whatever. And I'd see him like, you know, in passing and all this. And it was great. And then he messaged me in like 2018 in June. He was like, hey, man. And I'm like, hey, you know, what's up? He's like, I'm moving home um, and I'm coming home in two weeks. And I'm wondering if I can just stay with you uh, for a little bit. And I'm like, great. He shows up, sets up his computer. is like, want to start recording uh, some more music? I said, yeah, sure. And we literally then from that moment on lived the recording of the next album, and then at the end of that journey, which was 2020 in December, and you know what happened in March of 2021, right. you know what I'm saying? Anyway, so he was like, yo, um, we we're like, let's put the RP some some tracks from the RPM album, some tracks that we've been recording, and let's put them out. And we did, and we put it out literally the month that COVID started to come through. No basically. way. Oh yeah. That's and insane. so, you know, we're so proud of the music right we're like oh my god these, these songs are so sick and we're so excited about them and guess what boom COVID, everything's in lockdown and so uh -huh. things started to loosen up as you remember and we were like yo let's try to get this going and try to like you know figure this out because we spent all our time in the studio over these two journeys creating these super lush layered tracks that are like 30 and 40 layers deep 
But then we were like, oh, now we got to start playing live and figuring out how to like, you know, reverse engineer these productions back into like guitars and voices. And we yeah, tried to yeah. do that, but then we came through. So Wave 2 came through and everything was like, oh my God, we were just so depleted from it all. Like many artists experience this reality. Oh, yes. And so ultimately it took us a few months, but we came back together again, you know, several months later and we're like, yo, let's, you know, have, have a laugh and started to record. Next thing you know, boom, we had an EP recorded, which is Astral Projections. And it was all done a year ago because uh, we did it so quick. Between February and July, we recorded these seven songs. Wow. But then we decided to put, like, we used to go out, out as a single, because for us, it was very much that song to us. Uh, it was fully done. The other ones were, like, sort of still in the oven here and there, you know? And we love that song because we used to go out was literally so many ways to take that. It's about a former relationship. It's about how we used to go out as people, and now we stay home because we're used to staying home. Mm-hmm. So it was very much a time of COVID outro, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So we put it out in a fun bop and it was well, well received. And we didn't do any like promotion next level stuff because we were just like, oh, yeah, just getting used to the idea of putting out music in a way that was actually like being received versus the shock of the nation when we had put out our first album based on everything that was going uh-huh. on. Uh-huh, and the timing of it, too. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, imagine releasing an 18-track epic opus that you put out after, like, you know, arguably eight years of baking that cake between the RPM album and remastering some of those songs, recording new songs, putting them all together. Like, you know, that's a lot that goes into that creative. Uh-huh. Not bitter, but uh, woke to what happened. Anyway, yeah. zooming out, we decided that we would put out that we used to go out, which we did. And then just time and life, man. We're just living our lives, hanging out still. And then we're like, oh, we wish we put another song. And then we put out um, Moonlight, which we did. And we had recorded a remix of that song with DJ Slim Macho, who is a great friend of ours who we love. And so we ended up putting that on the EP. And then about a month ago, we were like, let's just put it out, man. We're like, boom, let's do it. Because Rich and I had already begun practicing as a duo. And we had a bunch of musician friends. And we have a bunch of musician friends around us who are ready to join us in the full band incarnation but rich and i knew that we had to learn those songs as a duo before we could really involve the rest of the buys and produce a full band version exactly exactly and we're loving what we're doing yeah acoustic for sure um we'll get to errors in a moment of course uh sure. you just released um uh astral uh projections um not too yeah. uh, long ago but um i want to go back to uh other people that you've worked with of course uh researching this um you worked with the likes of Sherry Breen, who you've also worked with with uh, in Music NL, and uh, Brianna Goss, who's um, I haven't heard from her uh, musically in a long time, but she's becoming a journalist now, which is pretty cool. And of course, uh, one Very of the uh, most notable ones is Amelia Curran. Now you worked on this, yeah. uh, worked on Watershed with her, and uh, you also Good. formed the uh, um, I, I don't know if it's a non for profit or just like a, you know an awareness campaign, but music is mental. So um, tell me a little bit about uh, go deeper into like how you and Amelia first came together to work on Watershed and uh, what was the idea behind Music is Mental? Well, I can no credit for Watershed outside of helping her interpret the artwork for the album based on an original piece of work that a friend of hers had produced. And so that was great to work with her on that. Uh-huh. And I love that album. It's one of my favorite. Um, they Promise You Mercy is also another favorite album. And so I met Amelia because... Um, Roger Monder from Up Sky Down Films, who is our mutual good friend. Amelia, if I can just talk about her for a moment. Go um, for it. She's unbelievable. Um, I've met nobody like her. And, you know, when we were down at Habit Java in our youth, uh, buying White Heats, if anyone remembers, if you know, you know, from uh-huh. um, Habit Java, which is a Water Street coffee shop, the first coffee shop of its kind in the city, really. Like, coffee was, like, not really the commodity that it's become. Wow. And so we'd all go down to the Habit Java, you know. And again, for me in Logie Bay in my high school years, like, walking around downtown, I'm like, oh, my God, what is this place, you know. <laughs> and so in any case, we, uh, Amelia would be out front busking. And, you know, I'm not afraid to say it. it's like, oh, she's with that girl, man. She's wild. Like, geez, look at her like playing her guitar, singing songs in the corner. Like, whoa, like, you know, and then boom, girl goes and wins a Juno and is now this like heralded singer songwriter. And so that was my knowing of Amelia was that she was a ballsy girl who did things her own way. And she's a uh, yeah, always that way. And so anyway, I'll zoom out and she moved away. Um, to Halifax, I believe. In any case, we came back together because for whatever rhyme and reason, Roger and her had become friends and she was very much pushing the subject of mental health. And that was before Bell, before Clara's big ride, before any conversation in the public square about mental health. There was Amelia 
advocating and shouting on the corners, um, you know, because there was not enough mobile crisis unit help. We needed a new Waterford. Um, there's no awareness um, and normalization around the subject of mental health and all these things. And so I'm a passion person. So the second I'm within the vicinity of someone who has a passion going on about something, I'm like, how can I be close to that fire? That's just who I am. I'm a moth to the flame of anyone who dares greatly to do anything. And I know that and I love it. And so mm -hmm. she and Roger were making a video where a bunch of local people were asked to hold signs around messages that challenged the stigmas around mental health. And so ultimately I was asked to be a part of that. Um, and this video was made and it became a viral sensation. It went across the nation. It received so much of all of that. And so Amelia and I found ourselves um, just getting to know each other and getting along so well. And then asking ourselves, well, what are we going to do about this opportunity? And then It's Mental is uh, the name of the organization that it was born. And it was meant as a provocative statement at the time because, you know, It's Mental does have a connotation that is a bit slang and can be feeling a bit derogatory, you know, like, oh, yeah, you're mental as an example of a term yes, that you can yes. be offended by. Oh, um, wow. And so ultimately we wanted to lean into that because it is mental. The conversation um, it is a conversation for, for the mind. It's like, what can we do to normalize, educate, um, and enhance the conversation around mental health? And I will say that I have, like everyone, had highs and lows. I have no diagnosed uh, scenario. Do I think I have a couple? Well, we all do. Um, and so I prefer to lean on the subject of mental health from the lens of someone who has so many folks who have confided in him, uh, myself, of their experiences and realities, and also knowing that I have my own extremities and my own, um, you know, edges. Um, and so, yes, it just it was just an important conversation, and I'm so thankful for that journey and what I've learned and what we've accomplished and the money we raised. Because our goal through the organization was to train trainers. Because you have to go away for five days off this island if you want to become a mental health trainer. Oh wow! And people don't know that um, mental health first aid, but no one was doing that either. So now everyone's getting their mental health first aid. People are being flown off the province based on money that its mental has raised to become trainers. And it's a very full circle giving back to each other um, opportunity that it's mental had done. And I'm so thankful to have yeah. been behind with many. And of course, um, mental health now is more important now, now more than ever coming out of the COVID-19 yeah. pandemic where I think we're starting to see a rise in um, mental health uh, struggles and uh, suicides and stuff like that. Um, how important is mental health to you? I mean, back then when you started it's mental to now when right now you're about five or six years deep into that and uh, now mental health is viewed more as a crisis now more than ever. So why is it so important to you? Yeah. Um, well, because it's like I said earlier, like, you know, when we were talking is like mental health is not an option for people. You have mental health the same way you have physical health. Um, right. And so you can't say. I, I don't understand. I personally believe that we all have mental health and sometimes we have great health and sometimes we are in poor health and oh, yeah. that can apply to a bunch of, you know, paradigms and mental is no different. I think that sometimes we're feeling strong and confident and we are feeling all the things that make us move forward in life. And other times we're feeling depressed or anxious um, or down on ourselves and different extremities of that um, spectrum exists, of course, and that's a reality that I don't feel qualified to, you know, diagnose or talk about that in a great detail, but I can say that I do love um, that we're woke to the realities of what mental health are, is and that we can be compassionate so that if someone is acting some kind of a way, that our first inclination is not to judge or condemn them anymore, but hopefully it is to ask well, I wonder how they're feeling and how they're doing. And maybe, you know, they need that space or that time or, 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 you know, like, so yeah, it's nice that absolutely. we're at a point in our evolution. Yeah, we can actually ask ourselves that before we just go ahead and judge someone who might be dealing with a scenario that is complicated and emotional for them. Mm -hmm. For sure. Now, some of the other organizations that you've worked with, of course, uh, outside of your own company, DC Design House, um, you were involved with Music and L for uh good a uh, good amount of time there. Um, I think I've seen you. Yeah, like, um, I still am. I mean, geez, I'm still deep in um, my appreciation and love and contribution to that association. And I always have been. And I'm so proud of everything I've done with them. 
and Rhonda, who her and I were deadly friends in a previous um, client sort of her community human life. Yeah, she came, um, she came from the Board of Trade. And her, I'm very close and had my extreme close era with the Board of Trade as well. And her and I worked so closely together for so many years. So when I found out that she was moving into leadership of Music NL, I couldn't have been more excited because it's someone who I love so much, who I know was going to have such great impact on the organization. And she does that today. Um, and she, to me, is a queen and I respect and love and appreciate her so much. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, um, when I when I first heard that Rhonda was taking on the CEO slash ED of uh, Music NL, I was a little bit skeptical because she really had no relative uh, experience in the music scene. But when I looked at it further, it was that the music industry, you're dealing with money all the time. You're dealing with how much you're going to make on bar gigs. You're going to deal how much you're going to make with SoCan royalties. Mm -hmm. You're going to make how much you uh, make uh, when it comes to, you know, bringing in revenue for your venues, for uh, your own um, business dealings. And Rhonda gets that business sense 1,000% because when you think about it, the music industry is a business. Oh, my God. Listen. <laughs> I'll just say you said a mouthful. Um in our arena, I don't know if a I don't know if a, a musician would have survived in the executive directorship chair because a musician serving musicians on one end. Yes, there's a lived experience factor that could be looked upon as an advantage. But there's also, I'm sure, would have been a great skepticism about how someone who benefits from the machine could be given the keys to it. And that is a conflict of interest that I think Rhonda has been able to avoid entirely, which has allowed the survival of her scope of work within the ecosystem. And I think that's been nothing but amazing. And also Rhonda has a lot of great friends who are deep in the music industry. So she has vicarious lived experience through her network of folks. And she knows how the machine works and all the things, but she's not someone who's benefiting from the machine on one hand and then trying to shape it on the other. Cause that would never have worked. Yeah. I, I didn't say she was, but um, I, I was just thinking of like um, when it comes to someone who, just comes in here as a complete rookie to our to the music industry um i i was just was, wasn't sure at that time but i'm more sure of it now because look what they're they've done oh yeah over the three years i think the foundation now of music NL is probably the strongest it's, it's been and it's the most consistent to me that it has been in, in uh agree more but i've seen through um four different um eras and so i'm thankful for everyone's contribution Heavy is the head that wears the crown, no matter the industry, no matter the project or the pursuit. That is all I know at the end of this journey. That is wonderful uh, words to live by there, DC. Now, um, there's so much we could talk about here right now, but um, I know you're a very busy man and uh, we have very little time to get this done. But of course, um, this album here, um, for people who haven't listened to Ayers yet, what can they expect from this uh, new Astral Projections album? Um. They can expect a through line of music that feels like it's from different genres, different times in life. And I feel that they will feel a humor and a lightness uh, in our content. Um, in the Dark is very much a song that we're proud of, Brother We Love. Um, there's some songs in there that'll make you move and bop, and that's what we want to keep it light, but also to run our through line of, of you know singer songwriter music through that. Um, very fun production, different motifs and energies. And that's what we're excited about the most is for folks to listen to those compositions. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to spin one of those tracks in uh, just a moment uh, once we get uh, done here on Next to Connect. So for people who want to find out what eras are going to be have, uh, having up next, and especially for you on what's going to be up next for you and for uh, eras, uh, where can people find you and where can they go? So um, for Eras, it's about more live performances, more collaboration, and the ever creation of music, which we love. And me and Rich having a laugh as two uh, great buddies um, who just, we laugh so much and we make great music and that's what we love to do. So um, more of that from us uh, and myself continuing to work with clients um, and people who have big ideas that they're excited about so I can help them bring those to life using art and, and copy and 
and network and all the things that uh, growing up in this city uh, allows me to do for so many people that I love. And so whether it's, you know, music or the commercial creative arts, uh, just more creating at all times. And I couldn't be more thankful to get to do that um, in the city I love with the people I love. And the city sure loves you back, man. Donnie, thank you so much for joining me on the Musical Connections podcast. You have a wonderful day. And congratulations once again on this brand new EP from Eras. And I'm um, looking forward thank to catching so up with you down the road. Can't wait, bud. What a legend, man. That is Donnie Cody on Next to Connect. And right now, with a little help from Slim Macho, here are Eras with Moonlight on the Musical Connections podcast.
That wraps up episode 41 of Musical Connections. Huge thanks to Donnie Cody for joining me as my guest on Next to Connect, and to all the musicians who contributed for newfound releases. Any questions about either segment of the podcast, and if you'd like to participate in either, let me know by emailing musicalconnectionsnl at gmail.com. And right now, I'll be looking for newfound releases that come out during the week of September 3rd. And of course, the weeks run from September 3rd to the 9th. Make sure to stay tuned to my social media channels at ZachSnowNL or ZachSnow on my Facebook for any more information about newfound releases or future Next to Connect interviews. And of course, new episodes of Musical Connections drop every Tuesday at 12 noon on your favorite podcasting services, whether it be Apple or Spotify. Make sure to tune in, download, and subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, leave a comment there as well, because it helps out the show a lot. Thanks so much for connecting again this week. I've been your host, Zach Snow. Stay safe and please be kind to one another. And until next time, safe home.